reading of God's Word. We are in Galatians chapter 5. We are going through Galatians chapter by chapter, verse by verse. If you don't have a Bible, please raise your hand. Hi, if you don't have a Bible, anyone not have a Bible? If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We have Bibles for you. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, meaning they're obvious, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, that means divisions, heresies, mean, meaning beliefs that are contrary to the Bible, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. But if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for the testimony of your faithfulness that we've already heard this morning. And Lord, as we now get into the testimony of the faithfulness of your Son, Lord, I pray that it just shakes us. It blesses us. It makes us tremble and rejoice at the same time, Lord. I pray that you would do a work by your word in us today so that we do not leave the same. Not a man, not a woman, not a child in here. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. Stephanie, can you bring my water? <laughs> so have you ever come to the place in your life, thank you, when you realized God is very real? I mean, you know about God before that time, but you came to the place, have you ever come to the place in your life 
where God becomes, became, he just became very realized you. And you realized, sort of like we just heard, that you were in great trouble with God. You just, you, you realize all of a sudden, you'd heard a lot about God, but it, it, it dawns on you, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. You realize you're guilty before God. You read verses in the Bible like the Ten Commandments, and you realize that you not only broke them once, you broke them a thousand times, and even if you tried as hard as you could, you would not be able to follow them, ever. Have you ever come to that place in your life? Have each of you been in this place where you, you got there, you read verses in the Bible like Exodus 34 verse 7 that says, God will not let the guilty go unpunished. Did you know that? It says he will not let the guilty go unpunished, Exodus 34 7. And you read verses that the uh, punishment that you deserve is, is death and hell, Romans 6.23. Have you ever come to the place in your life, did you ever get to this place where all God's holiness and justice just became obvious and real and you realized you could not escape God's holiness, you could not escape his justice? But then you heard good news. Did you come to this place? That you heard indescribably good news. That God does not want you to die and be punished in hell. He loves you so much and wants an intimate relationship with you so much. He sent his only son into the world to die in your place. To suffer hell in your place. Who went to the cross for you. Did something like that ever happen with you? And you heard that. And you read in the Bible. That if you simply believe what Jesus did for you. Simply believe. And, you, and, and if you simply believe and you give your life to him. Just declaring with your mouth and believing in your heart that he's your, he's your Lord, your master, your king. You give, gave him control um, and, and, and that you made him Lord and Savior. And, and you did that. You believed. You gave your life to Christ. How many here have done that? How many here have done something like that in their life? If you haven't, please don't leave this room today without doing so. It's a prayer of faith. The Bible says that at the very moment you believe in Jesus Christ and what he did for you, it says that you receive the Holy Spirit who is God himself. When you read the two words Holy Spirit, that's speaking of God. And we've put this up, this verse up the last three weeks. It says, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, Ephesians 1.13. And the Bible says that at that moment that you received the Holy Spirit, that, that, that when you believed, it says that you were delivered from the power of darkness and into the kingdom 
of the son of his love. Christian, I'm speaking to you. You have been delivered from the power of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. You've been delivered from the power of the law, which you never could have obeyed to perfection, into the power of grace. And that's a glorious place to be. So what is it like? What is it like to be in this kingdom? Can we put that verse up again? Uh, John, the kingdom of the son of his love. What, what is that kingdom like? Well, it's vastly different than the kingdom of darkness. Go to verse 22. We read it. Galatians 5.22. says, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. The, the, the kingdom of the son of his love is a place where you experience as never before love. The love of, of God that you never knew or you never knew you, you were capable of giving or, or receiving, either one. That's the kingdom of the son of his love. A, a, a joy that you never knew you were capable of of experiencing. Uh, Again, verse uh, 22, just continuing. um, Peace, a peace that you never knew you were capable of. Long-suffering, meaning you suffer long with people who would have taken you 30 seconds to run away from five years ago. Now you're suffering long with whatever that annoying habit is that they have that drives you crazy. You suffer long with them. This is what the kingdom of the son of his love is like. A love, a joy, a peace that you were never capable of having before or even capable of receiving the kingdom of the son of his love and you experience it's like wow this is a this is incredible i never knew this and you experience it and you begin to live it but you do find really quick that inside of you there's something inside of you that's opposed to all of that that fights against all of that what is it what is that thing the book of romans chapter 7 calls it the law of sin and death which still lives in you but the chapter we're in right now just calls it one thing the flesh It it calls it the flesh. So read with me. We read it already. But verse 17. This this verse here explains. Some of you may read it and go, oh yeah, this describes what happens to me. It says, the flesh lusts. And don't don't just think 
sexual immorality. This is any kind of lust. Uh, 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 the lust of, uh, uh, of getting angry at people, the lust of ambition, the lust of, uh, uh, of, of, of mo- for money. It says, the flesh lusts against the spirit, verse 17, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. They're against one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Can anyone identify with that? Wow, one person raised their hand. I guess it's one person and me. There's a a war, a, a conflict going on inside of you. So what is the flesh? Use these terms. The flesh is what you come into the world with. The flesh includes the capacity or your ability um, or the potential that you have to do everything listed in verses 19 and and 20 and 21, this horrifying list. Um, it, It says the works of the flesh, verse 19, are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. You have the capacity to do all those things and you do at a minimum in your mind. You, the, the, that's what the flesh is. The flesh is, it's, just, it's, it's in there. It's what I call the, just the seedbed of who you are. It's fighting against that love. It's fighting against that, that peace and, and, and that joy. And so that's a pretty, this is a pretty nasty list. Verse 21, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries in the light. Is it any wonder why Jesus Christ himself said, and he says it to you and me, and he knocks on the door of everyone's heart in the world, and he says this, he says, John 3, 3, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Is it any wonder that he says that when we realize, man, there's something in us that's just like crazy, it's just awry, it's, 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 it's opposed to everything that's good in the world. No wonder that he says, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. In order to be with God, the Bible says, you need a new birth, a spiritual birth. You have one birth when you come out of your mother's womb. You have another birth at the time where you say, okay, Jesus, I believe who you are, what you did for me. Please come into my life, be my king. I just give you control of everything. The Holy Spirit invades you, possesses you, and begins to change you and dwells in you forever, for all eternity. Jesus says in John 3, 6, just a couple verses later, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He's, he's referring to that, among other things, he's referring to that conflict that, that goes on inside of us. So as Christians, we are living, this is important, we are now living with both inside of us. The spirit of God, which has renewed or regenerated our spirit, but also the flesh. Some places it's referred to as the old man and the new man. I was just reading Colossians chapter three this morning. It says that we have uh, someone who, who, who asked Jesus into their life 
they're, they're made into, there's a new man created in them according to the image of him who created them. You, you have the life of God in you. And so here's the deal. For reasons that you and I may never understand, God has chosen for us this side of heaven to be living in these bodies in, in which both reside, the new man and the old man, the spirit which has been renewed by the Holy Spirit and the flesh. And there is a conflict going on between the spirit of God and us and our flesh. For whatever reason, this is what God has chosen for us in this life. It's how he chose to be glorified. In some way, and I have a few guesses how, he's glorified because of this battle in us, as we overcome the battle, there's a glory. God looks for his glory. He looks for it in you. And so there's this conflict in, the, um, in us. And so again, it says, verse 17, the flesh lusts, or you can think fights against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do things that you wish. In, in other words, from time to time, you don't do what you want to do. So, what does that look like? What does that sound like? What does that feel like? Well, something like this. You pray. And the flesh sends you terrible, ugly, wicked thoughts right into your mind as you're praying. You read the Bible. The flesh says... Is that really true? Is that really what God says? Satan also said that. You walk in faith, the flesh stirs up fear and more fear and even more fear. You, you, you forgive, we've heard a lot about forgiveness already. Uh, you, you forgive, but the flesh just stirs up afresh how hurtful um, that man's behavior was, how hurtful you can even hear his voice his words, his, his, his accusing, ugly, hateful words, or her words in your mind. You repent, the flesh says, no, no, no. The worship team is up here worshiping. You want to worship with them. The flesh sends your mind to the shopping mall, shopping for dresses, <laughs> or, or, or sends it to the football game or fishing or worrying about your credit card bill, worrying about your job, worrying about whether you should uh, uh, have worn something different to church. I mean, Dan's up, the worship team's up here, and you're thinking, should I really have worn these red pants? Uh, th this is what the flesh does. where you're just thinking about how bad you are, sad you are, or mad you are. Again, verse 17. The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. You're waiting on God faithfully. For God's choice for a husband or a wife, you're waiting on a promotion. I mean, it's been three years. What's going on here? You're waiting on sex before until marriage. The flesh says, "Now, now, now, now." Uh, you, 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 
rejoice with someone who had good news, the flesh says weep. You weep with someone who had bad news, the flesh says rejoice. You walk in holiness and the flesh cries out this, this list. You're walking in holiness and it's, cry, it, it's crying out, uh, fornicate, uh, worship idols, hate, uh, be jealous. It, it, it's, that's what the flesh is doing. It's, uh, there's a war going on. You believe you're forgiven. The flesh cries out, oh, you're not forgiven. You're condemned. And all this can cause us to cry out, God, please, I want a new body. Please, God, now, God. It can be very discouraging. It, it, can, it, it can be very confusing. It can rob you of a, of a fruitful life. If you know what this conflict in you, again, anyone, anyone familiar with what I'm describing? So if you're raising your hand, you're in very good company because the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter seven, you don't have to go there, but this is the Apostle Paul. I mean, in the New Testament, there's Jesus Christ, and then there's everyone else, but at the leader of the pack, it's the Apostle Paul. And this is what he says in Romans chapter seven, verse 15. He says, for what I'm doing, I do not understand. For what I, I'll, instead of will, I'll say want. What I want to do, that I do not practice, but, I, but what I hate, that I do. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to to will is present with me, but how to perform it, rather, but how to perform what is good, that I do not find. For the good that I want to do, I do not do, but the evil I do not want to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin, or the flesh, that dwells in me. I find then a law, verse 21. That evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God, according to my inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my member, oh, members, O oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, that's, so you're in good company if you know that conflict. And, and, and so, by the way, if you have that conflict, what it means is that you're saved because the Holy Spirit is in you. If you don't have that conflict, it means you are not saved. You're not a Christian because the Holy Spirit is not in you and rebelling essentially against your flesh when your flesh rises up. And, and, and so be encouraged that the conflict's even there. It is a sign of your standing with God, uh, that, that, that the Holy Spirit is, is active uh, in your life. And so um, Paul says, uh, again, he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? It's like, oh God, please, I want another body, please, please. In Romans chapter eight, he says this, he says, um, do we have Romans chapter eight, John? It says, we also, and this is speaking about you guys, 
have the first fruits of the Spirit, meaning the Spirit lives inside of you, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. He's speaking about this conflict that he does not like, this inner conflict. Eagerly awaiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. And so um, what the Bible says when it says the redemption of our body, it refers to the time, can we get that back up, John? It refers to the time when it says the redemption of our body to, to when we will be free of this battle within us. The Bible says that when Jesus Christ returns, and by the way, he repeatedly said this, that he was going to return, or, or when we die and go to heaven, there will be a glorification process in which that inner conflict in you disappears forever. In, in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse, verse 29 and 30, it says that those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, And those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he will also glorify. Calvary Chapel, this this is the the hope for your future. Next time this conflict is going on within you, for some of you, it's going on right now. But you have this hope. Can we have it again, John? It's, It's the hope at the end that he will also glorify you. And you have that hope. So when we're glorified, this Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 craziness goes away. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are opposed, they're contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So when Paul says, can we go back to Romans 7, 24 and 25, John? When Paul says, referring to this inner conflict, this battle that rages within us, and he says, who's gonna deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What does that look like? like uh, what, can we be delivered? And what does that he mean that Jesus Christ can deliver him from that that, that conflict? The answer is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember what all last week's message was about. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of your flesh. But, but, and, and remember also where we started with today. Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Meaning, if you believed what Jesus Christ has done for you, He lived for you, died for you, rose again after three days for you. If you've done that, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. And and, 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 and in fact, the Apostle Paul says in Romans, so right after in Romans he says this, who will deliver me from this body of death? You have this verse just two verses later in Romans 8.2. He says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. You have freedom over this conflict. The conflict's always gonna be returning, but it's not like it has to be there all day, every day. That is the freedom that you can have by the Holy Spirit 
the Bible says. And so, if any of this sounds, I'm hoping this sounds familiar to those of you who were la here last week, this inner conflict. There is, there is a, uh, a, a way to, to have rest, to have peace, to have, to have a joy and get over it. And, and be gone with it for a season of time. Again, in, in, in verse 16, let's read verse 16 again of Galatians chapter 5. It says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Look at verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And so what does that mean? Uh, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Well, remember, so you're praying, and all of a sudden the flesh sends you terrible, ugly, wicked thoughts. But you remember, I'm not under the law. Jesus freed me from the law. He, I'm, not un, I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. His blood has cleansed me. I don't have to deal with this crazy guilt and condemnation that is in me right now because of what's going through my mind. And, and that's what he means right there in verse 18, for if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Look at down in verse 24 and 25. We, we also read these this morning. It says, those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, or if we have the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So we, don't, we, we simply do not have to walk all day going crazy because, because of this inner conflict. But brother and sister, there's not a fast food solution for this one. You know, let's just go up and, and get Chick-fil-A in, in, in two minutes and, and go. It does take seeking the Lord. It takes being, telling God, look it, I'm really, really not liking what, I, I, what is going on in my mind. It takes, it takes walking in the Spirit. Now last week, um, we, we put this up. What does walking in the Spirit mean? It means three things, and we're not gonna go through all of them today. So if you weren't here last week, it would be good for you to... Uh, Listen to last week's sermon. Number one, it means surrendering to the authority of the Spirit, meaning you're not in charge. Number two, listening to the voice of the, whole, uh, of the Spirit. And number three, drawing from the strength of the Spirit. So when this inner conflict is happening, this is what you do. And so I just, as we conclude now, I just want to, um, can we have this again, John? I just want to... Uh, I want to go to the middle one again. You have to listen to the voice of the Spirit. When this conflict is inside of you, with the flesh lusting, fighting against your spirit, the way that, remember the rest of the verses, the Spirit fights against the flesh. The, the way to come right back and prevail is just listening to the voice of the Spirit. And do you remember last week, we said it was two things. I'll be so impressed if you guys know these two things. What's number one? Oh, so good. Number one, listening to the Spirit means you listen to the, vo to the Word of God. You read it. As you're reading it, it's not going in one ear and out the other or in your mind and out. 
You're, you're, you're listening to what God is saying. The second thing is, the second thing of listening to the Spirit of God is that still small voice, which is a privilege of every Christian. And so when this battle is going on in, in, um, in, in you, if you get it, you get it. Again, there's no McDonald's. There's no fast food thing. You got to go to the Lord and present it to him and say, Lord, this is going on. Speak to me, Lord. And I tell you in a thousand different ways, the Lord will speak to you either through his word or through the still small voice. Best, the verse that I always go to myself, this is me, is Hebrews 10, 14. For by one offering on the cross, Jesus Christ has perfected forever those who are being made holy. It may sound a little complicated to you, but what this means is by, by, by the cross, by the offering that Jesus Christ made on the cross for you, he has perfected you forever in the sense that after believing, you receive the Holy Spirit. Now God sees the perfect, perfection of his son in you and it says those who are being made holy, meaning it's not over yet. There's this inner conflict. There's this process that I'm going through. He's making me holy, but I got a lot of gunk in me. And so listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I, I tell you, there's a verse, just I think a couple verses after this, which says this. It says in, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, go in. And I, I, I just, I've been reminding myself of that constantly, especially with just all the garbage that goes through my mind, the inner conflict. I'll just go right back to God. And, 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 uh, and so you listen to the voice of the Spirit, which is like, it, it's Jesus' blood forgave you. But there's another thing that the voice of the Spirit is always telling you. Go to Jesus Christ. John chapter 16, Jesus promises the coming of the Holy Spirit and he says, when he comes, he'll send you right back to me. Go to Jesus Christ. So in Colossians um, chapter three, verses one and two, remember that scripture memory at the end of August, you wanna fight against that inner conflict? Memorize your 12 verses and show up on that Zoom meeting. This is a great one, first 12 verses of Colossians. Memorize that, we'll just, we'll just talk about two. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Remember what I said, the Spirit will tell you, go to Jesus. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. And then in Ephesians uh, chapter two, it says this, but God who's rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us has raised us up. That means he's raised you up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ, I tell you. I, I've been quoting this verse in Ephesians 2 just because I've been using it with myself. When this craziness is going on in my mind, the flesh is lusting against the spirit, the spirit's lusting against the flesh, I just say bye-bye, I'm going up and I'm sitting with Jesus because Ephesians 2 says, in some way we don't fully understand, you can have it now, I can have it now. 
I'm going to ask the worship team to come up at this time. And I'm going to I'm going to close with the last verse of chapter 32, you know, uh, uh, rather Psalm 32, is a psalm written by David who did a bunch of really bad stuff. <laughs> and the psalm, it's a great psalm, it describes this conflict that you and I had Man, it, it's describing conflict that he had. He had committed adultery. He had murdered the uh, husband of the woman he committed adultery with, and then he lied about it. And, 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 and it, it, just, it just goes through the whole conflict in his mind. Just the guilt, the guilt, the guilt, the guilt. But at the same time, the Lord uh, promising him in ways that, we didn't fully, he can't, we can't fully understand. He promises him a Messiah someday who's going to die for his sins. He, again, he may not have been able to articulate it like that at the time, but, but David knew about the grace of God. So there's this conflict that goes on, but the very last verse says this, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. That's your heritage, all of you. It's not moping around all day in condemnation. It's living and resting in the grace of God. So why don't we stand up? If you've been asked to pray, um, please come up to the front at this time. If you've been asked to pray, Please come up at the, to the front at this time. And we are going to close with a worship song. And if something is stirred up within you, you'd like to come up and pray uh, about what we're talking about. you got this inner battle going on. And you want that joy that's promised to you in the Bible. It says, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Come on up. We will pray for you. Or maybe you have bitterness towards your father. You may not have ever even met your father, but you have bitterness toward him. You'd like someone to pray for you. Please come up as we're, we're worshiping at this time. I would ask the senior leaders if you see us all the prayer couples engaged if you just come on up and help us pray Father I pray in Jesus name thank you for every bit of this morning that's already happened Lord the, the setup, the prayer the, the, the worship, the service the announcements Tommy and Timmy, Steve and, and the testimony with his father the word we thank you Lord but we ask that you don't stop. Continue by your spirit working as we worship you now. In Jesus' name.